biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset, holistic health. This is a show about getting better every single day. I'm on a mission, guys, to help over a million people get healthy and lose weight. Why? Because when you lose weight and get healthy, you have higher self-esteem. You have more self-confidence. And that person goes out and crushes their goal and starts living the highest version of themselves. And then they have way more impact on the world. Let's go. What's up, guys? Happy Wednesday. Today, I, I want to talk about five tips that are going to help you lose weight when you are over 40 years old. I just turned 40 this year, and so I thought this would be a great one because I'm always getting asked, like, what are the hacks? What are the tips? What are some things that I can be doing? And these are a lot of the practices that I use in my regular life, and it works really, really well. And I think anybody, you don't have to be over 40, can benefit. But if you just implemented these five things, and you did nothing else, you didn't go on a crazy diet, you didn't do anything, you would be really really healthy and you would lose weight. Your biomarkers would go down. Your, your metabolic biomarkers for health, triglycerides, um, cholesterol, blood sugar, all that stuff's going to go away. I guarantee it. And so I want to share this with you because I want health should be easy. It needs to be manageable. And if it can be more manageable and easier to attenuate, then you're going to do it more. You're going to show up more. And so that's the whole point. Also, before I get any further into this episode, if you want my cheat sheet, I have a great cheat sheet that I laid out. I call it the weight loss diet blueprint. And so if you want, uh, if you want, if you want that cheat sheet, just let me know, say, I want it. And I will send it to you. Just comment below, shoot me a DM, email me info at joel11coaching.com. And I will send that to you guys. No questions asked. Well, maybe a couple questions like, Hey, what else do you want to achieve? But I'm going to send it to you. I'm not going to put you on an email list or anything like that. So, uh, this is great stuff because this is what I give to all my private wellness clients. And then it's a great way for them to maintain their weight loss and continue to lose weight, um, throughout the years and just make it healthy and sustainable. If it's not healthy and sustainable, if it's not a lifestyle, you won't do it. That's why keto, that's why carnivore, that's why all these diets are just fats. They're not, they're not long lasting because people can't continue with these, with these, uh, crash diets or these fad diets. That's why they come, they go. And then, then what's the next new thing, right? There'll be something in the next six months. We already know. So how can you lose weight guys when you're over 40? Let's talk about it. Five big reasons. Number one, you have to have the mindset. You have to have the proper mindset when you go into anything. And think about that. If you're going into a competition or you're going into a race or you're going to, if you're going to do anything, you're going to start a new program. Why do people do so well when they do like, I'm going to do this new eight week insanity program. Why do they do so well? They do so well because the proper mindset, they made a decision in their life that I am going to do this. I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to do all that I can to finish this program. There's nothing that's going to stop me. They have this like amazing winner take all mindset for eight weeks because they know it's just eight weeks. I just got to go hard, go hard or go home. What happens after eight weeks, though? All of a sudden, that in, that energy that 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 you created, that mindset, it kind of goes away, right? And it's the people that we see that show up consistently. They continue to maintain that proper mindset over and over again. They're able to show up over and over again. Why? I, I talk about mindset all the time, and people like poo poo it. They like, oh yeah, I like mindset. I guess. What are you like a life coach? <laughs> but clearly, if everything were perfect your diet, your nutrition, and your exercise. People come to me all the time. They're like, I work out five times a week. I'm, I'm low carb. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, okay, well, something's missing. 
have you explored the mindset piece? They're like, no, that's too, why would I do that? Well, you've done everything else. So let's talk about something else. So here's the big thing though. Some people, maybe they don't have the proper mindset, right? So how do we get that? What are some things you can do? I love a morning mindset practice. You need to be doing something other than the minutia of checking your phone right in the morning and looking at the news. The news is just terrorizing you and scaring you. And they don't even want you to leave your house at this point. I think there's just so much bad news. You want to prime your mind with good stuff. What is something that you're grateful for? What is something that you're excited about today? Who's someone who needs your A game that you're going to show up and you're going to just impact today? What's like one of your big goals? What's your mission? Connect with that. What is your why? If you know what these things are, and by the way, if you check out my podcast with David Meltzer, who made $100 million, lost $100 million, and then made it all back again, he's also the same guy who has a sports firm that was based on Jerry Maguire. Uh, the movie Jerry Maguire is based on him, so check him out. But he talks about, he talks about, he actually have five, he has five ways, and he calls, but the first thing he says, I'm telling you, you should know your why. He says, you got to know your what first. You got to know like what you want to do. Then you can know your why. So maybe you can flip that around. But you got to know your why? Why are you willing to do this? Why are you going to do this day in and day out? Why do I wake up at 4 a.m. every day? Because I love it. Because I love just getting my alarm to wake me up at 4 a.m. to rustle me out of bed. Absolutely not. My mission, my cause, my drive, my purpose is just so much bigger than that. And that's why I'm getting up at 4 a.m. every day because I'm committed to showing up, going on lives and doing this, connecting with you guys. Leave me a comment below if, if, if you love this stuff. Leave me a comment below if if uh, if you have a question, like that's why I do the lives. I, it's not to beat the algorithm. I'm sure that's great, but I mean, I don't, I, I haven't noticed like an uptick in my views because I'm the algorithm is so much better. No, it's so I can connect with you guys. It's so I can answer your questions, so I can impact someone's life. If I can do one person, you're gonna go out and impact someone else's life in your tribe, your community, what have you, and then the world's gonna be a better place. That's why I do it. So um, if you have a question, yeah, here's a good time, and I hope I can answer it. So having the proper mindset. Here's one big question you should ask yourself right now. What would it look like? What would it look like if it were easy? What would your life look like if it was if it was easy? You know? Like if if you had to lose weight, what would it look like if it were easy? When we think about losing weight, I'm telling you about waking up at 4 a.m. It's like, oh God, I gotta wake up at 4 a.m. Oh my God, the alarm and all this stuff. You <laughs> you've already psyched yourself out, right? You've already committed to like mediocrity. You're already you're already like, I can't do this. This is terrible, right? So what if it were easy? What if getting up at 4 a.m. every day were easy? And if you got up at 4 a.m. every day, then that would lead you to having more time in your day and you would be able to just to do more, right? So what if that were it, right? I don't know. But this is a really powerful question because most people, all we see is how difficult something is going to be, a task is going to be. What would it look like if it were easy? Start asking yourself that, right? So mindset, number one, that's the most important thing. Number two, Time-restricted eating. My guy, Zach Bob Babcock, if you don't know him, he has an amazing podcast called The Alpha Underdog Podcast, uh, Entrepreneurship. Uh, this guy was in prison for like five years, four or five years, got out, has a you know multi-million dollar business, is doing very well for himself, has a hit podcast. Check him out. But he just got a lot of slack for doing this kind of time-restricted eating. And he asked me when I was on his podcast just recently, Joel, what do you think? Like, I'm getting a lot of crap because I'm doing this, you know, 16-8 fast. And there is a lot of controversy right now, guys, around fasting. And is it even really worth it? And I think some of that data is compelling that would make you say, yeah, I mean, probably, I mean, it depends what you're doing the fasting for. If you really think like you're getting this, if you're doing a 16, eight intermittent fast and you think like, Oh my God, my cells are just like rejuvenating and all this stuff. You're probably not getting that. But what you are getting is you're probably putting yourself in a caloric deficit because you're not eating all day. 
And that is a powerful way to lose weight. We know it. It's just, it's just true. But also, here's the cool thing. They did a study with Italian cyclists. These Italian cyclists, elite athletes, right? And so what they wanted to see is, hey, if these Italian cyclists, we're going to take one group that's doing a 14-hour eating window. They're eating you know, throughout the day. I, may, I think it was 14 hours. Maybe it was even a little bit longer. But these are high-powered athletes. So they are going. They need carbohydrates. They need energy to move and get them through the day. And what they did is they – so they took one group and they put them in like a 14-hour eating window. And they took another group and they said, we're going to compress your eating window to only seven hours a day. And then we're going to see over three months, what are your biomarkers? How much weight did you lose? Now, both of them – still high-performing athletes, but when they took the seven-hour eating group, guess what? They lost weight, which is just really a minor thing in this whole thing. Again, I like to get people healthy, and then they lose weight. I don't care about the weight. I mean, I do because you guys care, and I want to see you lose weight because it is going to make you healthier. But the bottom line is being healthy first. So check this out. Triglycerides were down. Cholesterol was down. Uh, H, uh, no, not HDL. H1A1C, which is a, a good biomarker of your blood glucose levels over three months, was down. All their metabolic health biomarkers were down. I would say this is a pretty convincing reason why you should do some time-restricted eating. And I think it also aligns really nice with circadian rhythms. And, you know, I'm going to start interviewing some. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at some of the comments that you guys are sharing. Dang, the Italians. Great info as always. Yes, the Italians. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Italians, I just had an amazing podcast drop with Mark Schotzker. You have to check this guy's out. I think it's podcast 152. It just launched yesterday. He talks from his book, The End of Craving, and we go into the origins of cravings, why you have cravings, and how to end them. It is mind-blowing. It will give you so much insight into what's going on, and if you just take a couple tidbits from that episode, you will learn so much and you will change your patterns that you are running in your life. One of the things, though, about the Italians is he says, hey, Italians eat pork fat. They eat cheese. They eat gelato. They eat pizza. Uh, they have like six piattis. They have six plates. When they go, when you go to like an Italian restaurant, you'll see there's like six courses. Yet they have pretty much zero obesity. It's like 7% or something. And the United States is like 40%. That was back then. I think it's even higher. And when they look at the same kind of macronutrients that a Southern or in the United States would have, they're eating pork fat. They're eating sweet tea. They're eating grits. They're eating like the same macro profile that like an Italian would eat. Yet Italians are skinny and they're healthy. Why is that? You got to check out the episode to find out. <laughs> That's what you got to check out. Or you got to go read the book, The End of Craving. But bottom line, it really just has to do with a lot of processed food. And the Italians really experience and enjoy food. And they make their food fresh. I mean, that's just what I'm going to say is the bottom line. But yes, the Italians, the Italian cyclists, they restricted their eating window to an eight-hour, seven-hour window. And guess what? They got all these metabolic benefits. I think you should try that. Um, number three, exercise snacking. This is something that I really like to do with a lot of my clients. And there's two, there's two caveats. This. Okay, so there's one is, what is this idea of exercise snacking? One is exercise snacking is instead of like having this big workout of the day where you go to the gym for 60 minutes, what if you just broke that out into like, like smaller, like 15 minute workouts throughout your day? I think this works really well. A lot of us are working from home. A lot of us have kids and children and maybe we get out for 15 minutes and then we have to come back to work. Then we get out for another 15 minutes and then we got to come back to work. Well, they found that if you just did, these studies show that three 10 minute exercises scattered throughout the day was more beneficial than one just continuous all out 30 minute exercise. Guys, how many times do we say, I don't have the time to exercise? Do you have 10 minutes? If you don't have 10 minutes, you don't have a life. 
Do you have 10 minutes? I'm sure you do. You have to have 10 minutes. If you don't, something's wrong with your life. Call me. I'm going to, I'm going to find 10 minutes in your life. You're going to get that 10 minutes. I promise. So you got to get 10 minutes in your day and maybe you can't get it three times of 10 minutes, but you can at least get one 10 minutes. And how often do we say, Oh, I just don't have 10 minutes. I'm sorry. I don't have 30 minutes. I don't have 60 minutes. So I'm just going to do nothing. And that's BS. Do something, do something for at least 10 minutes. It's going to be really, really powerful. So do some exercise snacking, pick some parts of the day right after I get off this uh, podcast, I am going to go do something just to move my body because my day is pretty busy today. And so I want to find those little pieces where I can do some exercise snacks, take some snacks, take some bites out of exercise. Okay. That's number three. Number four, we got to talk about sleep. I uh, just got off the phone with a sleep expert and uh, we were talking about this. He said, How, uh, when you were a first responder, you know, as a police officer for 15 years, what was your transition getting out of the job? Did, like I had it, he, he was a firefighter. He had a really tough time. He said, it took about four years to re-regulate his Kirkadian rhythm. And it was, for me, it wasn't as bad. I had switched to a day shift. So that made things a lot easier. And then the other thing is, I had really been diving into the sleep science and I knew that prioritizing sleep was really important. And so I started to do that. Here's a really cool fact. I had a continuous glucose monitor on my arm recently. I was measuring my blood glucose in real time and it was past my bedtime. It was 10 o'clock and I looked at my blood glucose and it was a hundred. I was a little, you know, that's not the worst, but it's also not the best. And I was wondering why is it a hundred? Like I ate at 6 PM. It shouldn't be a hundred right now. It shouldn't be that high. And I thought it was really interesting. So the next morning I woke up and it was a hundred again, which I've been in a fasted state all night. Why is it a hundred again? Well, guess what? My sleep was terrible. I, I got like six hours of sleep less than that. I woke up at 4 a.m. Not getting great sleep. Usually I was in bed earlier. That night I was up later. So they actually show studies showing that the blue light, the, the, the light that is concentrated in all of our light bulbs right now, will stimulate blood glucose. That's one factor. Lack of sleep is another factor. You're going to increase your blood glucose. And it's going to be really hard for you to lose weight. The next night, I was like, well, let's just do an experiment. Went to bed on time. I went to bed early. I prioritized my sleep, turned off the lights early. I woke up very refreshed. My blood glucose was at 85, which is optimal. Most say 95. The, new, the functional medicine doctors are saying 85 is the new number you want to shoot for. So prioritizing sleep, got to do it. Got to do it. The magical window for sleep is 10 to 2 p.m. 10 a.m. I'm sorry, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. You got to get to sleep during those hours. If you're a shift worker, I'm sorry, get off that shift. It is causing cancer and it's going to kill you. Get off of it. You want to get into the bed during those hours. That's a magical time. It's a magical four hour window when growth hormone is surging. All these hormones, this cascade, your body is cleansing. The glymphatic system in your brain is washing away all those amyloid beta plaques and you're getting healthier. You're getting your memories are cementing. Really, really crucial, guys. You've got to prioritize sleep. And now if we're just looking at it from the metabolic standpoint, hey, I'm telling you, the studies show uh, proper sleep also. If you're not getting proper sleep, guess what? Your prefrontal cortex, that part of your brain that makes the rational decisions that you need in life. So if you want to make good food choices, well, guess what? That goes offline after just very little sleep. And so you think you're going to be more susceptible to cravings and making the wrong choices? Probably. Also, this disrupts leptin and ghrelin, which we've talked about a lot on the podcast before. And leptin and ghrelin, leptin is your satiety hormone. So it is telling you whether you're full or not, and it messes with that hormone. So it's going to be really tough for you to have that brain signal saying, hey, I'm full. I should, stop, I should stop eating. And ghrelin is your hunger hormone. Ghrelin is saying, give me more. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. These two hormones get disrupted from sleep. So if you're not getting proper sleep, that's going to be really tough for you then to manage just from a hormonal level. People ask me, well, why do I have all these cravings? Why do I have this? I would ask you, what's, how's your sleep? I know people that don't want to prioritize sleep. I found this, I had a client, the only thing he was missing 
the only missing piece. And by the way, he lost like 20 pounds, so it wasn't even an issue. But we wanted to get him another five. And I'm like, hey, man, why don't you just eat your dinner a little bit um, – you know, move it so that it's not so late in the night and get to sleep on time. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I said, okay, but, uh, the dad is here. I, I can prove it to you. Um, he didn't want to hear it, but, and that's fine. We all make these choices. Not a problem for me, but I just want to share the knowledge. And, um, but I think that was the one missing piece for him. I wonder if he changed it at all. All right. Last thing guys, I'm getting long, uh, winded here. It's already 16 minutes. I like to end these episodes in 10 to 15 minutes. I'm sorry, but I just got excited today. Um, uh, last one is postprandial walks. Okay. What does that mean? It means after dinner, after a big meal, go for a walk. 20 minutes is ideal, but uh, just go for a walk. Okay. What they found actually a study in Japan found that 30 minutes of easy walking after a meal kept the concentration of fat in the blood, 18% lower than sitting or standing after a meal. Huge. When I interviewed Josh Clemente from Levels Health, which is a continuous glucose monitor, um, which is the one that I use. When I interviewed him, I said, what is the number one? What is the number one thing that you have seen that has lowered blood glucose? He's got hundreds of thousands of users pouring in data. He said, the number one thing I see is postprandial walks. That's it. So I, I've seen it by myself. I also, I've seen my blood glucose surge after dinner and then I go for a walk. Boom. Plateaus. Really, really key. I think every walking is underrated, underutilized. Again, this goes back to, you know, for us as a family, it's a great time to connect. I don't know about you guys, but I can never talk to my wife because the kids are sabotaging the, the they are sabotaging our conversations at dinner. And so, um, I'm never able to talk to her on the walk. That's the time I actually get to connect with her and be like, Hey, how was your day? What was going on? Because the boys are usually riding their bikes ahead of us. And then we're kind of behind. So that's a great time. Think of it as a time to connect with your loved one. Use it as a time, as a ritual. It's a great ritual. And speaking of the Italians, sorry, I just got to go back to the time. Speaking of the Italians, the Italians have a beautiful phrase and it's called the passeggiata. So they knew this. These guys, I mean, I'm not as well, I need to interview someone from Italy that is a health expert because clearly all the good health stuff coming out of Italy. But the Italians, the passeggiata is simply a short walk is what it means. And they've been doing this for centuries. So um, amazing. stuff. So I don't know if they've been doing it for centuries, but that word has been around for centuries. So uh, check that out. Um, that's all I got, guys. I have a, an amazing, I hope this was impactful for you. I hope you got a lot out of it. Five easy tips that you can really just implement into your life. I wanted it to be like chewy, crunchy, something you can go out right now and start implementing. These are things that I do on a regular basis. This is why the lifestyle leads to ultimate um, success and ultimate long-term weight loss because it's, it's a lifestyle. Guys, check that out. Try to make that happen. If you need my help and you want to work with me one-on-one, shoot me an email, info at Joel Evan Coaching. I'm happy to connect with you guys there. DM me at Joel Evan Coaching. Um, or check out my podcast, The Hacked Life Podcast. I interview all the experts in the health and wellness world. Uh, I've got over 150 episodes right now. I go live almost three times a week, and I answer people's questions. And uh, I just added a sixth episode, actually. I'm, I'm lying. So now I'm going six times a week, probably going to be seven pretty soon. Uh, I just want to connect. I want to help as many people as I can. So if any, and if any way I can help you and impact your life, please let me know. Reach out to me. I love you guys. Have an amazing hump day and get after it. The week is not over.